Amen. That's, that's going to be our cry all night tonight, that he would be worthy, that he would be worthy. Tonight is water baptism. That's right. It's okay to clap right there after every time we say that. We've said this before. We as a church and as a movement of the people of God can never get bored of what's about to happen tonight. People have said yes to Christ. They've given their life to Jesus, and they're going to proclaim that in front of you, in front of their family, their friends, the World Wide Web. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than that. And we're going to celebrate that with them tonight. But if, maybe if tonight happens to be your first time here, this is how we do water baptism. We do it in context of worship because we believe that we're going to bring God worth in worship and in baptizing folks in water. So it's kind of a hybrid tonight. You're welcome to stand. You're welcome to sit. But we're going to sing and baptize tonight as we worship God in both ways. If you're a family member of someone who's going to be baptized or a friend, when you see your friend come out of that uh, water, we want you to celebrate with them. You're welcome to come over. We call that the bullpen. Well, no one calls that. I call it that. But you're welcome to go right over there to the bullpen and just snap photos away and celebrate with them, document this special day for them because it's going to be a time of celebration in this place tonight. But join us. If you don't know anybody being baptized personally, Join us in worship then and celebrate with them as they baptize and they come out of that water completely 100% new and 100% and forgiven by the grace of God. But let's worship tonight, church. Let's make tonight a celebration moment and a worship moment for our time. Father, we worship you. Move in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Come on, we're so lifted up in this place. Knowing there's a reason All my dreams come alive This life is worth living With you I've made my decision
sense that we were dead and now we are alive in you Jesus we thank you God that we're alive in your presence come on church can we just thank him for his presence tonight can we thank him for everything he's done for you and I we've gathered in this place to worship him oh God we thank you Lord we thank you God
upon you, Lord. We rest upon you, God. We cast our cares upon you, Lord. We cast our cares upon you, Lord. Oh, God, you are welcome here, oh, God. Oh, Lord, we sense your presence. We sense your presence moving tonight, oh, Lord. that you're closer than our breath and God today I pray that you would hover over every life today God Holy Spirit Holy Spirit you're welcome 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 oh God we pray tonight sense the love of Jesus in this place tonight. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Come on, with every hand lifted high, can we lift it up tonight and declare together with one voice, with one heart. Come on, sing it out. Spirit 
of God fall fresh on us. We need your presence. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Hear us in heaven. Say, Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. Can we lift it up one more time tonight? Come on, we serve lift up your highest praise tonight. Come on, he is worthy of our praise. His love is in this place tonight.
on, church. We worship him with everything inside of us because that's how he pursues us. Father, you left the confines of heaven. You left it all behind to come after us, God, and you've been on a journey, and you search for us unconditionally, God, without stop. You go after us, and it's fierce. And God, for those in the room that just think that you're just this God who sometimes pays attention to us, no, God, your heart beats for us. Now, Lord, let our hearts beat for you. Let our hearts beat for you, Father. Let there be a reciprocal thing that happens in this place tonight. But let our love be fierce for you, Jesus. Come on, church. Can we just express our love to him tonight all over this room? Father, we love you. We're thankful for the cross. Oh, we're thankful for what you've done in this place. 21 people tonight who have been made alive through that fierce love of yours, God. Hallelujah. God, tonight a, a whole family, a mom and her daughter and her husband, they got, they got baptized together, Lord. We celebrate that. We thank you. We thank you that we have access, that we have access to your love. We thank you that we can go boldly to your throne. And you still hear us. You still call to us. You still speak to us. You still challenge us. You still love us. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for tonight, God. And everyone in this place said, amen. Amen. It can never get boring to us. It can never get boring to us. We're super thrilled that you're here with us tonight. Thank you for joining us. You may be seated, but as you do, maybe give someone a high five and say, we're glad that you're here. Glad that you came. On water baptism night, we're super thrilled. Worship team, thank you guys so much for ushering in the presence of God. We appreciate you guys. Tonight we're gonna get, we're gonna continue to worship at, by giving of our tithes and our offerings because we truly believe here at Westover Hills that giving is a form of worship. It's not just something that we do in the middle of a service. No, we actually make it a part of our worship experience with the Lord. So I'm gonna invite our ushers to make their way down and prepare themselves. If you're giving tonight, you can give either in the offering by putting uh, cash or check in an envelope. Fill it out so we know that you can have giving credit for that. Or if you're giving online, if you're giving through the app, or you can text to give. Just so many ways for you to participate and engage in worship tonight through giving. And it was Jesus who modeled this whole thing. He said in John chapter 3, verse 16, a famous verse, For God so loved the world that he, that he gave. He modeled giving to us. And tonight we model it back to him and say, God, we're going to be reciprocal. We're going we're gonna to send love back to you by honoring you with the tithe and offering. So if you're here prepared to give, would you take that offering, whether it's on your phone through a text or in your hand, and just hold it, and let's pray together all over this room. And those watching online, join us. Join us as we give together. Father, we thank you for your goodness. You're so faithful to us, God. Lord, if there's anyone we can count on, it's you. We, we, we've seen governments fall. We've seen economics fail on us. But, God, there is one that remains, and that is you, Jesus. We can put our trust in you, and tonight we do that through giving. I pray that as we give physically, we put something in a bucket or we push a button or we tap a screen, God, whatever it may be. I pray that as we physically do something, you would spiritually and supernaturally in us remind us and teach us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. God, show us that in a spiritual way tonight. All over this room, those watching online, thank you for the ability to give and to participate in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Please give tonight as you're so led. As they're taking up the offering tonight, I just want to remind you, this weekend... We're going to be having a big party with our ladies. We're going to be having our women's conference. It's going to be insane. And we just want to say thank you for all of those that have registered in advance. You truly are making history. Uh, this is going to be the largest attended women's conference in the history of Westover Hills. So congratulate yourselves one more time for being obedient following up. But for those of you that may be going, man, is it too late? Is it too late? Well, it, it is in some sense. It's too late to do it online, 
but they will have some door, some spots available at the door. Uh, but we, we want to let you know that you're no longer able to register online. You will have to register at the door at this point. If you bring someone, you'd have to also register at the door. But we're just looking for a time. Men in the room that are going to be there to help serve and guys that are going to be there uh, in spirit by praying for your wife. We just want to make sure that, that you guys have a phenomenal experience. And so right before I preach tonight, we just want to pray that God's hand would be upon the move of God that's going to happen in this room in less than a few days. Will you join me in praying over our women's conference, the speaker, the atmosphere? Who knows? Who knows? This could be the moment that leads to somebody else's water baptism. This could be the moment that someone says yes to Jesus and no to the pain and suffering that they've been living in. Come on, this could be their moment. So would you pray with me? Would you agree in the spirit with me that God is going to do something in this place on Friday and Saturday? Let's pray together. Will you do that? Father, but we pray in advance for these ladies that are going to come. And Lord, some of them are going to, they have sacrificed beyond what we could even understand to be here. For one, God, they're going to leave the kids with dad. That's already scary. Lord, they're already walking away thinking that everything's going to fall apart and the house is going to burn down. Lord, I pray right now for peace over that mom's heart, peace over that single mom's heart, God, that, that, Lord, that they would be able to trust what's happening with their kids so that they may have a clear mind and an open heart to receive everything that you have for them at this experience, Lord. I pray for all the barriers to just fall down, all the insecurities to just melt like wax in your presence. I pray for a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon our women's conference in the next few days. Lord, change us. Lord, change us, I pray, in the name of Jesus. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to pray over our women's conference. Yeah, you're in a clapping mood tonight. You can clap all day long. Keep clapping. Just keep clapping after everything I say. That'd be awesome tonight. <laughs> well, we're going to go into God's Word tonight. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be primarily in the book of Romans. But we're going to be all over the place uh, in Romans, so not one specific chapter. But if you have your app, you can open the app, and we're going to follow along with that. And I promise tonight, like we always do on water baptism, we'll just make this brief. Uh, next Wednesday night, I'm going to start off by saying this. Next Wednesday night on this platform, we're going to have several of our teammates that went to Haiti with me a few weeks ago. And they're going to be sharing testimonies. And all month long, we've kind of subtly and not so subtly last week introduced you to the orphan crisis. And I can't wait for you to hear how God touched our family, our young adult ministry that went on the 28th of August and, and all the way through to September. You're going to hear. So come back next Wednesday night. And begin to hear what God has done in the lives of our leadership here as you hear. And maybe God will again do something in your life. I want to give you a quick report because uh, I think it's important to know when you give what is going to happen, what is going on with your gift is those that partnered with us last week. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we're partnering with the ministry entitled Core Love International. We're going to begin to defend the orphan as a local church. In James 1.27 it says there is nothing more pure in religion than to defend the orphan and to care for the widows. And so Westover Hills is joining this, this uh, banner of carrying the mantra of defending the orphan. And it's going to start right here from us. And we've done that in Haiti. And last week we introduced you to Core Love and we took up an offering. Over $4,000, I think it was like close to $4,500 came in as we start that project. Yeah, that's an offering uh, worth clapping for. $4,500 came in towards our $35,000 that we committed that we're purchasing the fence to protect these orphans and a generator because they're literally in a place with zero electricity. And so I'm proud of you guys. Thank you. And just keep that as every time we give into missions, know that that's where our, your missions dollars are going. They're going to help defend the orphan when you give to local missions and to world missions. Uh, and then secondly, you guys went out there and bought a bunch of T-shirts, and that was pretty awesome. And I don't know if you remember, but if you bought a T-shirt, 30 meals, would one T-shirt is 30 meals. Okay, well, I'm, I'm thrilled to report that we supplied 8,500 meals last week in buying our T-shirts that we bought. Mike, Mike looked over to me and said, y'all just fed the whole village. How awesome is that? So pretty, pretty exciting about what we did. 8,500 meals through the, the ministry of Core Love are going to be fed over the next several months because of your faithful giving, because you wanted a t-shirt, and uh, we're just thrilled. And next week, if you happen to have bought one, right, if that happened to be you, next week, wear your t-shirt, all right? We're going to wear ours because we have one from the trip, 
wear your shirt. Any of the ones that say, uh, my, my shirt feeds orphans or the Core Love shirts, wear it. And we're just going to have a great represent night. Is that all right? Will you do that for me? You say, mine's already smelly. Hey, just wash it, bring it with you, wear it next week. Cool. Well, tonight as we, as we continue the conversation, I started beginning about, started thinking about orphanages and uh, orphans and, and really the, the, one of the core reasons why we have orphans. And it made it remind me of our relationship with our Father. They tell us that how you view God is synonymous to how you view your relationship with your dad. For some of us, that's an uh-oh moment. And some of us, that's a awesome. My dad's a pretty cool dad. I hope my kids say that my dad is a pretty cool dad. But for some of us that grew up where our father was either distant or our father was even missing or non-existent, they say that they're connected. Theologians will say that it's connected. It's synonymous. How we view our earthly father tends to be how we view our heavenly father. And i got to tell you something that's kind of sad in our generation and the generation underneath me. As a youth pastor, I pastored one of the most fatherless generations that exists on planet earth today. Teenagers that, that go home to single home parents or single home houses or, or, or the dad is missing or every other weekend, we live in one of the most fatherless generations known to man. So no wonder our, our concept and our view of God is starting to disintegrate in our nation. I truly believe it. It ties to the identity in our relationship with our dads. Now, when I was a teenager, my parents split up. My relationship with my father was super rocky. I blamed my dad for a lot of hurt and pain, as some of you understand, is what we do. And we don't understand as a kid. We don't ha know how to process it. We do a lot of blaming. And God was part of that. But I put a lot of blame on my father. So it created this crevice, uh, this, uh, this um, crevice between me and God. This grand canyon began to form. Because in my spiritual life was only representing what was happening in my physical life. And tonight, whether you have a really healthy view of your dad on earth or you have a, a, a less than average view of your father, it affects how you view God. And we have to make some honest acknowledgments in this room. If we're truly going to let God be our, how the scriptures describe him, our heavenly father, that's how he's given himself that title to us. And Jesus would even use the phrase Abba, which is like this endearing term for a dad. Abba, Father. If we're really going to see God as our Abba, Father, we might have to be honest with ourselves tonight in this brief time that we have. That maybe we have some misconceptions about God that are attached to some misconceptions about our dad. I can't tell you how important fathers you are in this room. I can't tell you how important you are, guys, future fathers in this room. There's so much that weighs on the shoulders of a dad, and I truly believe that's how God intended it to be. But one of our biggest obstacles, if we're truly going to see God as our father and, and stop being orphaned spiritually, we have to change the view of God. And here's some common misconceptions about who God is. And maybe you can identify with one of these. One is that he's distant. Maybe you had a father on this earth who was no longer, he wasn't there, he was, he was there, but maybe he wasn't there, you know what I'm talking about? He would come home and then shut the door in his room and he wouldn't be in the family's environment. So you've got this idea and this misconception that God is not very interested in you. He's distant, he's far off. I see him when he comes in on weekends. I see him every once again. I see him at Christmas, Easter, and sometimes, you know, in between, but I don't see him very often. And that, that does begin to erode our relationship with the Lord, that God is distant. Some have this view of God because of their earthly father that he's demanding. You know, the, the, the demanding father. He's just always asking, always demanding of this and never really, you know, providing love or nourishment. It was always tasks and rules and do this and don't do this. And if we're honest, some of us in this room, that's how we approach God tonight. When people are being baptized and the worship is happening, we, we, can't, we can't really fully extend our arms in this loving moment because God in our mind is this demanding God. Or maybe this word describes maybe your understanding, that he's uninterested. You know, I used to pray and he didn't hear me, so I just, maybe he's uninterested in me. Maybe he's got more other things he's got to worry about, like ISIS or economics or, you know, the presidential election. You know, he's just, he's, I'm just, I must not be that important to him. He's just uninterested in me. I'm just not that exciting of a person. Or lastly, maybe your misconception about God that is tied to possibly uh, your relationship with your father is that it's, you're just unimportant again. 
that, that word truly, un, I'm unimportant. Other things rise above me. But I'm here to tell you tonight that none of those things are true about God. There's not a single passage of scripture that, that will back up that God is demanding, distant, uninterested, and unimportant. Matter of fact, when we sing that song that his love is fierce, it's a perfect representation of everything that this book says. That God bust through eternity to get to us to make sure we understood how much he loves us. That's the true version of God. But we have to break down these, these barriers for me to truly be it out of orphanages, out of an orphan lifestyle as an unbeliever and come into the family of God, there's a couple ways I need to see God. Here's some truths about who he really is. First is simply this, if you're taking notes, God is a guiding father. He's not a distant father. He's a guiding father. He comes alongside of us and he begins to guide us. Matter of fact, in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 4, it says this, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Those of us who are led by him, who allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, the Bible actually says God calls us his children. Those he leads, he will identify as his father. He is a guiding father. I read this just the other day, that when the Holy Spirit is the one who is involved with us even coming to know who Jesus is, he's always guiding us to himself. Pastor Jim will say this, that God is always speaking. We just got to listen. He's guiding us. He's a guiding father. He's interested and where we're going, less interested in where we've been, but he's so interested in where we're headed. He's a guiding father. As a matter of fact, he sent the Holy Spirit when Jesus was here and he left to heaven. He said, I'm going to send this person, the Holy Spirit, and it's actually better for you that I go away because this Holy Spirit's job description is going to be to guide you into all truth. God is a guiding father. Not a wandering God that we have to chase around. No, he invites us to walk alongside of him. And he guides us through the thick, through the thin. The other day I was walking with my son and the dog because we have a dog now, remember? Yeah, I have a dog. And uh, tell me that story one day. It's actually a great story. But we have a dog. And I remember I was, we were walking with just my son and I the other day, just a few days ago. And I'm walking with the dog. And it's a chance that I get to talk to him about life. It's, it's busy in our house right now. It's, it's, it's noisy in our house. We have a little ones. We have a sixth grade, a six-year-old. So life is busy, okay? So uh, just me and him, we're walking in the dog. And I begin to talk to him about life. And for the first time, I just felt like maybe this is, this is what God does to us. If I would just acknowledge that he's with me, like Proverbs says, I would acknowledge that he's here. What does it say he'll do? He'll guide my very steps. He'll open up pathways that only he can open up. He's a guiding father. He's not here hiding. He's not a hiding father. He's a guiding father. He's not trying to hide from you. He's made himself known plainly to this world. Yet the world rejected him. That's what the word says. He's a, he's a guiding father. Amen? Number two, something that he also is, this is truth. I'm replacing false with truth tonight. Number two, he's a gracious father. I love what Romans 5, chapter 5, verse 8 says this, but God demonstrates his love for us that while we were still messing up, while I was still laughing at him, while I was still cursing his name, he was gracious enough to send his son down on this planet to die for me even in my sinful behavior. He's a gracious father. And when we had a father on this earth who maybe you've grown up around who the temper was a little short, the fuse was a little cut, you know, and, and every time you made a mistake, it was, you know, the, the axe fell on you. I'm here to tell you tonight the truth about God is there is a judgment, but he's gracious to drop that. He first drops Jesus on us and says, by his grace, we can enter into his presence. We have a gracious father, not a father who's angry or are frustrated with humanity. No, we have a God who understands. The Bible says that Jesus is our high priest. And, and we read this in pre-service today, that he is our high priest. And he understands everything that we go through. So he knows what you go through. He doesn't go, well, you know what? I made it through. You should be fine. No, no, no. He goes, I've gone through it, so I know it's going to be tough. So here's what we're going to do. When you need to go through some stuff, I'm going to be there. I'm going to walk with you. That's what the word says. And when our time of need shows up, he's there. He's a gracious father. Again, we're just replacing this myth that he's this distant God, that he's just this demanding God. He really is a gracious father. While we were sinning, his grace flowed from the cross to us. And in our sinful behavior, he said, I still, I love what it says when he was on the cross. Jesus said, forgive them. Even in that moment, 
He said, forgive them for they know not what they do. God's forgiveness is available to us. He's a gracious God. He could have withheld that from us. You realize that? And all of us pay the payment that we know we can't pay, but he's a gracious father. And then third, he's not only a guiding father, a gracious father, but he's a generous father. Romans chapter 8, verse 17, and since we are his children, or since we are children, we will share in his treasures. For everything God gives to his son Christ is what? Is ours too. What is that? Everything. It's everything. Everything that Jesus has been promised, Jesus says, is now yours. You are heir to the throne. You are a royal priesthood. That is who we are. And the Bible says that that came from God. That was his plan. And if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. He's also generous, generous enough for us to walk through suffering. I know that sounds crazy. I don't want that kind of generosity. You know what I'm saying? But it's only in the times where I'm frustrated and angry do I understand how generous he really is. It's when I need him the most that he shows up and I go, God, I, I just need an ounce. And he goes, an ounce? Your cup runneth over, remember? Your cup runneth over. That's what he gives to us. And it's in those valleys, it's in those moments where I need him the most that God will pour out his blessings upon us. He's a generous Father, he's not a uninterested or unimportant. You're not good enough for me to give my blessings to you. No, matter of fact, we are a peculiar people. We are standoutable. We are righteous through Jesus. We, he is a generous father. I know it's not in your notes, but you can write it down. Now you can actually use the app and tap into it. Here you go. John chapter 1, verse 12. It says this, but to all who believe him and accept him, he gave the right. There it is. What did he do? He gave it. You can't give if you're not generous. You're ungenerous, you're going to hold tight. They don't deserve it. You know what they deserve? They spat in my son's face. Here's what they deserve. They deserve punishment. They deserve the wages of their sin is death. Let's just give that to them instead. No. The Bible says to those who believe, to all who believe in him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave me the right. I didn't have the right before. He gave it to me. He's a generous father and tonight we just have to be real we have to break down these stigmas that maybe have gotten in the way because of earthly fathers or earthly grandfathers or even maybe some some moms who had to step in and, and we created this false view of who God is let's let's get rid of the false and let's add the truth to our life he's guiding he's gracious and he's generous he's generous and tonight, I want you to see how generous it is that 21 people got baptized tonight. And guess what's going to happen next month? We're believing for another 21. And the month after that, another 21. And a month after that, another 21. Because it never ends. God's grace never ends. And it's available to every person in this room watching online. It's available to you. Because he's gracious. And his love and his mercy is new every single morning never ends never ends so tonight as we just again celebrate what God did in this place people being transformed and 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 happened in front of us behold the old is gone and the new is here that literally verse just lived in front of us tonight maybe you're here tonight and you've had this really messed up version of who God is due to the fact that how you viewed your earthly family you viewed God and his approach to you and it's just been false. God's word is a replacement. It's the truth. He's generous. And you need it tonight. You say, you know what? I just, I need to replace the truth. I need to replace the lie, excuse me, with truth. I need to know that my father in heaven, who doesn't want me to be an orphan anymore, wants me to be a part of his family, generously invites you to be a part of his family tonight all over this place with your head bowed and your eyes closed. Just We call this the altar moment. It's a reflective moment just between us and the Lord where God has the ability to speak to us and maybe for the first time because what's out of the way is all the noise. Well, you're not interested. Not true. Yes, he is. Well, you're too far. No, I'm closer than a brother, Scripture says. But I don't, I'm not that important to you. No, you're so important to me. I'll send my only begotten son to prove to you that while you're still sinning, I'll die. I'll pay your payment. You know, no, all of that is false. The enemy loves to lie and whisper that into our ear. But tonight, 
You just want to make this exchange in your heart. You want to just remove these old messages, these old ideas of who God is and who your Father is. Replace them with truth tonight. All over this place on this great water baptism night, you would say, Pastor Mike, I need to make that, I need to, I need to exchange in my heart these ideas about who God was, but I want to exchange it for who God is tonight. He's my guiding Father. I need His guidance. I'm lost. I'm stuck in some stuff. I can't see a way out. Or I need to know that He's His grace is sufficient for me. I, I, I don't believe I'm worthy of it. I don't believe I deserve it. But tonight I need to know that His grace is enough for me. Or you need to know that God is not done with you. He saved you, but He wants to lead you into a new place. He's generous. Whatever it is, you would say, Pastor Mike, that's me. I got these old messages written on my heart because of my personal experiences here on earth. But I want to replace them with some heavenly truth about who God is. Would you just, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you would say, that's me. Would you just lift your hand tonight and say, I'm going to write some new messages on my heart all over this place. I see you. You can put your hand down. As soon as you put them, I see you. You can put your hand down. I see you. I see you. Wiping away tears. I see you. Put your hands down. God is going to replace this version of him with true version of him tonight. And the Bible says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That's what's going to take place in your heart tonight. Freedom from this misconception of who he is and a replacement of who God can be and who he really is is about to shift in your heart. Just open up your heart. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Hands are up all over this place. It doesn't necessarily even mean that you don't know Jesus. It just may be you've been viewing Jesus this way. And that's not true. That's not who he is. You know him. You've accepted him as your Savior. But you've just had a bad perception of who he is hands went all up over because I'm just going to lead you in a prayer you can say the prayer that I'm going to say or you can say your own prayer the key is let faith arise in your heart let truth begin to take over the lie of the enemy say something that you've not said before that's what we're going to do we're going to replace the old with the new tonight you're welcome to repeat after me or say your very own prayer but I'm going to lead you in a prayer of just saying God you're my father here we go dear heavenly father I recognize today that I had some misconception about who you are. The enemy's been lying to my ear that you're not interested in me, that you're a demanding God, that you're distant. But tonight, your word tells me otherwise. And Lord, tonight, if I don't know you as my Lord and Savior, my Father, I pray that tonight you would come into my heart. You would forgive me of all the stuff that I've done. I accept the gift of salvation which is so freely given to me I embrace it Lord and I turn from my lifestyle of separating me and you I turn from sin tonight and I need your forgiveness in my heart and today and today I change the tone in my heart I remove the lies of the enemy you are a loving father you are a gracious father you are a forgiving father you are a heavenly father and tonight I embrace you as my father I am yours and you are mine and the word of God calls me a child of God because I put my faith in you and you call me yours thank you Jesus thank you God for removing removing the lies in Jesus name I pray now can I just pray over you for a moment I just sense this in my spirit that there's a lot of there's a lot of hurt and pain from actual father relationships in this room I wasn't going to do this but I just sense in my spirit there's actually some, some hurt relationships in the room between you and your father some of you haven't spoken to him in decades I'm not asking you to go chase him down, but I am asking you to let God heal that wound tonight. Father, I pray in this room just a spirit of healing that would go through this place. Maybe it's someone watching online. I don't know, God, but I sense that you're wanting to heal a relationship between a sibling, between a, a, a child and a parent, a father specifically, Lord. You're wanting to step in and bring a healing. Lord, I don't care if it's been 50 years. I sense healing to a father and a daughter tonight, father and a son tonight. I pray right now in Jesus' name you would break this bondage that's put a wedge between a father and their, and their child. And I pray right now, God, no more. Let there be peace that the world does not even understand. Repl I just speak peace into that situation now. And forgiveness, Father. I speak forgiveness into that moment. 
In Jesus' name, let there truly be a healing moment right here in this place. Whether they live in this country or across the world, I don't know, but I pray right now that you can supernaturally bring together that which was broken. That's what you do, God. You fix, you heal, you restore. And I pray for restoration over that relationship specifically with Dad tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. For whoever this is, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray healing in Jesus' name.